Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 37th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Please help grow the podcast by sharing it on social media, telling your friends about it, and by leaving a rating and or comment. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. That way you won't miss out on any news about the Pulling Tart Podcast. I'd really like to welcome on a special guest, Eric Hoffman. Eric is the Director of Corporate Ticket Sales for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, AAA affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. Can't wait to catch up with Eric Hoffman right after this break. Eric, thank you so much for joining the Pulling Tart podcast this evening and being a little flexible with my schedule. Um, I also just wanted to thank you so much for, for the tour of the stadium when I came by with my buddy Bill and Matt. And uh, I had never seen the stadium before, but it was it was great. And I can't wait to go up there for, for an actual game here soon. Oh, no problem, man. Well, hey, first of all, thank you for having me on the pod. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, what a small world, too, that, you know, you ended up coming up with a, a friend of yours that was a son of one of my longtime season ticket holders at the Iron Pigs um, coming up for, I believe, a taxi squad game that ended up getting canceled. But, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy, like absolute small world when you have something like that come to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, going up for a taxi squad game, I was ready to drink some beers and actually watch some baseball. And then, of course, the commissioner put the kibosh on that for sure. Yeah, we had a good thing going for a little bit. We were able to get um, some fans in. We were just letting fans in for free. Our season ticket holders were getting you know different opportunities to come in um, as well as sponsors. And we were doing all of the proceeds of concessions were going to our Iron Pigs charities. And then, yeah, the uh, the league decided that, you know, they weren't going to have fans, we weren't going to have fans, and that was kind of the end of that. Yeah, yeah, but um, still still an amazing stadium. Can't wait to get up there for, for a game um, and see it see it in action, for sure, and see see everybody else in action as well. Absolutely, yeah. We, uh, we're looking forward to, you know, next year and hopefully getting back to somewhat in a normal facet. For sure, for sure. So you are the director of corporate ticket sales. So as somebody that's also worked in sales, you know, pretty much on and off my entire adult life, what is to you the number one secret to sales? Man, I don't know if there's necessarily one secret, but like what it always comes down to for me is like you just got to have that attitude that you want to, just grind and go get it and just be the man, right? Or the woman, right? Yep. Um, I always say this to my reps and interns and everybody, you know, when you, when, when we're going through and we're trying to figure out, let's say you're in a slump 
or you're new to sales and we're trying to figure out exactly what isn't working, what is working with your pitch or, or what you're going on day to day. Like the one thing I can't teach you, I can't teach you how to pick up the phone. I can't teach you how to reach out to one more person or how to get yourself out in front of people in any way, form or fashion. So you just have to have that like personality, that it factor where even if you're not the most outgoing person, you want to just get out there and just put more work in than the next guy. Like I know when I first started, um, I would be in the office with another rep and I would hear him just pick up the phone and I'd be back on the phone. Like I was like, this yeah. guy isn't going to beat me at all. So like, that's kind of, that's kind of attitude I look for when I'm trying to hire, when I'm trying to, you know, get people going, like that's what I want. And I think, you know, that's where it all starts. Like anybody can learn and figure things out over the course of time. But if you don't have that, like just want to go after it and get it, that's tough. If right. you don't have that. Right. Yeah. So, so basically what you're saying is, it's a numbers game. The more, the more calls you make, the more pitches you make, the more feelers you get out there, the more sales are bound to come in, right? Oh, absolutely. Because if you're a, if you're a new rep starting out, you know you might not be the best, but you can, you can absolutely beat everyone in that hustle category, right? Yeah. Like you want your directors and and their bosses to see. Oh, this kid is, you know, out calling everybody, setting more meetings and everybody being on the phone more, sending more emails, whatever criteria they're looking for. And then in turn, you know, you're going to get more opportunities, you know, the more times you put yourself out there. So if you're the best rep or you're killing it, the more you put out there, the more new business you're going to bring in. Yeah. Like you said, it's just, it's just pure numbers at that point. Right. Right. And then I've found that the, one of the basic things is just being relatable to people. That's that's it. If if they if they feel like they can have a beer with you or they can they can trust you with their money, then you know just just find something to relate to them about. Is really absolutely it. yeah. Whatever you have in common, you know, trying to just have that small talk and be able to just talk to your client like they're your friend. I mean, that's something that you know goes a long way in, in as far as long term relationship building. Yeah, absolutely. So we alluded to it earlier. What was it like hosting the Phillies taxi squad at Coca-Cola Park? You know, it was it was definitely interesting. Um, It was a lot of fun in some aspects because, you know, you're thinking we're not going to have any baseball Mm -hmm. in our stadium. Right. And that was true for 99 percent of the teams. We're fortunate to be in, you know, to have a great facility, to be located so close to Philly and be able to host those guys. So, you know, it was cool to see because at the beginning, like the Phillies didn't exactly know what they wanted either. Like we just knew we had to be there. Like we were trying to get some fans in. We were trying to get some games sponsored. We were fortunate enough to be able to strike a deal with our local cable provider and actually had all the games broadcast live on TV as well. Okay. So at first, you know, nobody really knew what we were getting ourselves into. But then it was kind of funny because the Phillies kind of seemed like the guys weren't maybe, I don't want to say not taking it seriously, but it's kind of hard to get up for a simulated practice essentially every day, right? So over time, we started adding more bits and pieces where our staff would be in the press box. Somebody would have to be on the on the walk-up music, on the PA. We have the simulated like crowd noises that we got from the show and things like that. Player like reactions, different things. So we had to start almost treating it and and this and that got to the point then after the fans were we weren't allowed that fans anymore so we were doing that for nobody it was just to give the players a little more juice right um 
and you know it was cool we saw jay bruce made a few trips down there he hit the he hit the il like four or five times this year yeah um we saw some of the top phillies guys bryson stott and mickey moniak and those guys were down there um so it was kind of cool it was something different um but uh yeah i mean it was something that will hopefully never have to see again it was cool to be a part of it for sure uh, i was an experience but um yeah i won't ever forget it that's for sure yeah yeah i would imagine like you get you having triple a and guys that are going you know to the show and back and forth between triple a and the show and you know you get to see that see them play a simulated game every day at work and get paid for it so um while nobody else was watching baseball at that point exactly that was a, you know we were able to use that on our social um our you know our reps really utilize linkedin as much as we can to try to get anything going and yeah and you know we were able to utilize that we stole kind of a little bit off of what the pirates did and we were able to mail out some foul balls that landed in our client seats mm. per se um with a little bit of a like you know we kind of miss you know um found this in your seat thinking of you kind of thing that was a huge campaign oh, for us sure. and we're still continuing to do it um that was cool and you know just just be able to to have that different atmosphere and it was kind of weird you know to be able to go and you know we were working in the office uh, half staff so like you know you can go out and in the seats and grab lunch or just take a walk out there and it was kind of weird to see like baseball going on at like noon or like 10 yeah. 30 in the morning sometimes <laughs> sure sure so um you also worked for the state college spikes um I did. you're pennsylvania born and raised um yep from hazelton right correct yeah northeast pa just uh just a little bit south of scranton okay cool cool yeah i'm from williamsport and okay yep we'll talk a little bit later but um i met your coworker brian DeAngelis at slippery rock university um former guest of the the pulling tart podcast as well but um so state college spikes um well if they're still around next year we'll we'll see um but they're short season so besides more games what's the biggest difference to you between working in short season baseball and full season um man there's there's a lot there's a lot of differences um first of all i love my absolutely love my time at the spikes we had you know i was there for four years that was my first job out of school i went to penn state and then ended up going to the spikes as an intern okay and then on full time after that and man, i had such a great time there i learned so much and we we had a lot of fun but you know it's it's crazy because it is a short season so part of it can be very frustrating because uh, and I'm sure anyone that works or has worked in short season knows like when you get to April and you start to see everybody talking about opening days here or opening day countdowns and they're all starting to open up and, and you're like looking at the schedule like, man, I still got like two, two and a half months right. before we're even having anything going on. And it's like the off season can be a grind, absolute grind, because especially in the Penn League, you know, from a sales perspective, we wouldn't get our schedule which is what we're dealing with kind of now too, but we wouldn't get our schedule until, you know, late December, January. So we were selling with no schedule for quite a bit, um, which then, you know, led to promo schedule being made a little bit later than most teams. So all that kind of combined, it could be a grind in state college. We did have Penn state baseball that we were kind of responsible for working right. those games. So through, you know, March and April and even February, we'd be out there, 
in freezing temperatures working those games and just kind of operating them more or less but so we did have those um and then we were able to you know we do a lot of events and and as any team did we would try to sprinkle in more but when you're short season obviously you have more time to do more events so we do a lot of cool stuff with you know the buddy walks the ms walk um alzheimer's and and uh coaching versus cancer is a major event there so all those kind of things um obviously the long season is is a grind as well um but it's a really in short season it's crazy it's a lot of games really compacted into a small amount of time so you fly through 38 home games in like two and a half months so it's pretty nuts yeah yeah so I was an intern for the Williamsport Crosscutters coming right out of school. Basically, my graduation was on that first Saturday in May, and I started that Monday at, at the Crosscutters. And nice. it was, yeah, I mean, like I worked there for probably a month before games started. And then, like you said, you hit the ground running, and it was like you just have so many games in such a short amount of time. It was kind of crazy, but um, but then again, then I went and worked in Wisconsin, and I kind of wish it was short season out there because games in April, <laughs> you're you know there might be more staff than there are fans out there. Being oh, I, so I hear cold. you, man. We've been through that here too. Yeah, my first my first ever opening day in 2016 with the Iron Pigs, it was like 29 or 30 degrees and like sleeting. Um, yeah. Whoever the starting pitcher was, he must have gave up like four or five, maybe six runs in the top of the first. And it was just a long game. Um, by the end, and we had fireworks, of course, opening day. And by the end, there was legit four or five fans that had stuck around in like frigid, frigid temperatures to see these fireworks. Yeah. But wow. You'll have that. <laughs> That's so wild. Um, so you guys have done some pretty off the wall promotions. Um, you know, like rebranding and stuff like that. Um, the Iron Pugs is is a great one, honestly. Um, but the Cheese Steaks, I mean, you guys really capitalized on that. And as far as I'm concerned, Cheese Steaks are the best food ever invented. So um, can you kind of just talk about just capitalizing on that local flavor, that local f- food favorite? And, uh, yeah, you guys, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was, it was you know, over the course of a couple series. Yeah, sure. Um, so the cheesesteaks were cool. Um, you know, we try to do as much as we can. You mentioned Iron Pugs. We do a bunch of other things. Um, we've done, we did John two years ago or the last season. Oh, that's my next question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Cheesesteaks was cool, though, because we were able to do the Wiz with and the Wiz without. Yeah. So you had the two different hats. You had the two different, you know, the jerseys and things like that. And, I mean, everybody in the area, obviously, Philly area loves a cheesesteak. You can't say no. So, um, you know, that was kind of like the peak of the food craze, too, as far as minor league baseball. That's when everybody was doing that. So that was cool just because it was was local, but it's still national. So, like, from a merchandise perspective, we're able to, you know, do really well as far as people in the stadium and online. But, like – country across the country we were able to really you know pull a lot because there might just be people that think it's a cool logo or be in the cheesesteaks or be a foodie or whatever yeah um but that was you know that was a really cool promotion and, and one of our better ones definitely yeah um so in dalmarva when i was with them we did a one night well we did it two two over the course of two seasons but like so each season we did a one night 
makeover as the Delmarva Scrapple. You know what Scrapple nice. is? Oh, yeah, Northeast PA, man. Scrapple's yeah. all over the place. Well, it's really big in Delaware and Maryland as well. Um, so basically our logo was a Scrapple egg and cheese sandwich, and merchandise was flying off the shelves because people that are originally from the Mid-Atlantic region that live in the Midwest or the West Coast, they were ordering Snapple or Scrapple hats like crazy. Oh, I mean, I remember growing up, my dad always trying to make me try Scrapple, and I was like, ah, I'm good. But the funny thing is, I know we've, ta- I've talk- we've talked about it, and a lot of teams talk about doing the Scrapple, and the- I think the debate is always like, what the hell is this logo going to look like? Because yeah. if anybody's seen Scrapple, it's just like a piece of gray stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like, to do the sandwich is a great idea because otherwise it's like, what what are you going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a co- we had to choose from, like, four or five different ones that um, they created. And, like, there was some, it was like, it looked like a meatloaf with eyes and a smile. <laughs> exactly, and like yeah. It was just kind of weird. So we decided to go with the Scrapple Egg and Cheese Sandwich. But, yeah, man, my nephew, he's he's from Delaware, and, you know, he's six years old, and he eats Scrapple every single day. And it's that's crazy. It, it is crazy. Like I never, I never grew up like that. I, like I knew what Scrapple was, but it's yeah. Down here, it's it's pretty pretty prominent. Um, so, where is your favorite cheesesteak spot? Oof, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, you got the big, you know, you got the big ones. Tony, you got Tony Luce, you got Gino's, Pats, Delosandros. Like, I don't really know. I mean, I guess you really can't go wrong with any of them. To be honest, no. it's kind of a cop out. But yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong with a cheesesteak. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm different in the fact that I like lettuce and tomato in mine too. Okay, so. I know that's a, that's a little bit different, but um, I'm playing. I just go a whiz without. I don't. I'm not a big onion fan, so I'm just steak and cheese with the whiz usually. Okay, all right, very cool. So um, I'm pretty sure I know what John is because there's a lot of people from uh, that <laughs> that live in Williamsport that are from Philly. But for those that don't know what it is, can you explain, John? Yeah, man. A John is pretty much anything. So if anybody's familiar with the Philly area, you know, John can just be anything. Can you hand me that John? Or, hey, let's go to that John. Or have you seen that John? It can just be, it's just <laughs> literally a fill-in for anything. Yep. Um, so that's why we were cool. We we're excited to do that with the John. I was lucky to be heavily involved in the John process. Um, and, you know, I think that was one of our best promotions as far as you know, on field, the jerseys looked awesome. Yeah. We crushed merchandise with that. And that was, you want to talk about nationwide. Like, there's Philly, impl- like, everywhere. Right? Oh, yeah. People from Philly are all over the country. So Absolutely. they were going nuts for John. Um, people asking for it, celebrities asking for it. And, and yeah, that was cool. That was that was probably the favorite, my favorite promotion I've ever been a part of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys, again, capitalized on that um, thought outside the box. I love it. Um, I, I remember in high school, people used the word John all the time. Oh, dude, I mean, it was like part of our staff, you know, we should try to educate part of the staff on, on, you know, what a John is. People are like, I don't, I, people thought they had ideas, they had no clue. And then there's a lot of people that certainly knew what it was, but that was kind of the funny part. And then even better was trying to educate our fans. You know, you have your older, um, you know, long time season ticket holders that are like, what is a John? Like, I have no idea what this is and just yeah. kind of like rolling their eyes. But you know, it was, it was certainly cool. Yeah. 
And then you guys also, I mean, I'm using the word capitalized a lot, but you guys really capitalized on the Bacon USA promo as well. Um, and that was the height of the food craze in minor league baseball as well. Oh, yeah. Um, where did that come? Where did that idea come from? So Bacon USA was a little bit before my time okay. with the pigs. Um, that was probably like, I can't remember if it was 14 or 15. That's when I was still at State College. But, I mean, Bacon USA is huge. I mean, it's like, it's to me, it's not even like a promo anymore. It's like, it's just every day, right? Like, yeah. we're in Bacon USA. Like, every time you, you're emailing somebody, it's like, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you in Bacon USA. Like, I, I just sold some new season tickets the other day, and I and we were, I was following up the guy. And literally wrote him a thank you. Said, "Hey, you know, welcome to. We're happy to join us to join in Bacon USA. You're finally going to be in Bacon. Everything's Bacon USA. Yeah. So, like when you pull up Iron Pigs Way to come to the stadium, that very first thing you see is Bacon USA. So yep. we're able to turn use that, turn that into you know that's like kind of what our memberships is for season tickets is Bacon USA memberships. So you're a Bacon USA member, and we kind of just hit you over the head with like bacon so much." just to just you never forget right like it's just we want to be associated with that and it's kind of cool that we really just basically remodeled the whole area is bacon usa that's what the whole town is does so that is that is awesome is bacon prevalent at the concession stands oh everywhere man anything you want we got candy bacon on a stick we have you know you can get bits of bacon on anything you want like anything you could dream of bacon is essentially in the ballpark. We got the like bacon parfait, which is basically bacon mac and cheese, like a few other Ooh, unhealthy okay. items in a yeah. parfait form. So like really whatever you're interested in, we'll we'll cook it up. Okay, perfect. I remember when I was an intern for the Crosscutters, we had like a salute to bacon night. And again, you could get bacon on anything you wanted. Um, and then we had an intern um, he's actually one of the assistant GMs for the Port Lucy, Port Port St. Lucie Mets um, down mm-hmm. there um, in Florida, and he had to wear a bacon costume the entire night. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. We we got a couple of bacon suits I know floating around down our promo room, and you know, obviously, we got our mascot crispy bacon, and then you know, bacon everything. I'm looking at a jersey I have over here in my basement, and even the numbers on the back are bacon little bacon font um so <laughs> that's so like awesome. it's you know it's you can't go anywhere without seeing it so awesome um yeah man that's that's great um so we'll be right back with eric hoffman right after this break All right, Eric, welcome back. I know this may be a tough question, and we talked a little bit about it when you were giving me the tour of the stadium. Who is your favorite all-time Iron Pig? Oh, man. Uh, Probably, uh, I'm going to have to go with my boy J.P. Crawford. Okay. Uh, So, former Phil at this point, but I know myself and a lot of the other guys on the staff love J.P., just so swaggy out there on the field. Um, really just amazing defender. Um, had some really cool dogs too. Um, so 
you know, you see him walking the dogs around, stuff like that. Okay. And super nice guy. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with JP on that one. Okay. I would have a tough time choosing between Roman Quinn and Andy Tracy. I think I'm going to go okay. with Andy Tracy because he was the manager for us in Williamsport. Yep. And he would go out with us as interns. He would, he That's would, great. He would, like, go out to bars and get a couple drinks with us and stuff like that. And the stories he told were absolutely unbelievable. Um, for those that don't know, Andy Tracy um, is a longtime Iron Pig. Um, yeah. He might – does he lead the the franchise and games played? He has to. I, I don't know of him, but, like, I don't know anybody that – he, he had to play for, like, four years at least. Like, it's yeah. just something you don't really see. Yeah. He did win a ring with the Phillies. I know that yep. much. But he was a punter and on the Bowling Green football team, and he was also the first baseman for their baseball team. So he has some wild stories from his college days. Um, but all around, great guy. Um that was a heck of a season that he had to manage in Williamsport. But now he is the manager for the Indians AAA affiliate, right? The Toledo yeah, Mud Hens? Yep, yeah, Indianapolis Indians. Yeah, oh, that's it, that's in, it. Yeah, he was in um, with Indy our last season in 19. Okay. Um, so he came He came back and managed a series against us. So, so that was cool to see. Uh, a lot of season single holders were, like, super excited to see him because – you know, as a day one fan, you know, you see this guy play for years and, you know, they're excited to see him. So that was cool. Um, I'm glad everything's going well with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we alluded to this earlier as well. What's it like working with Brian DeAngelis? Um, Man, he's going to he's going to be busting me just hearing you even ask this question. <laughs> I mean, so. I went to college with Brian. We had a couple classes together. Um, we weren't in the same major, but, um, yeah, had a couple classes together, and we took a um, public speaking course, and it was taught by a um, a lady that English was not her first language, so... Um, pretty easy a as far as as far as that goes <laughs> but um and then you know brian and i and um a friend of his fred we would we would hang out like you know we would study in the library we were part of group projects we would you know have parties that kind of stuff um what's it like working with brian DeAngelis? you worked with him in state college and in lehigh valley right yeah man me and brian have been working together for eight years now and i'm sure a lot of people say how how could you even do it for eight years um <laughs> not but seriously um brian he's he's a, an interesting guy he's he's one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet um i'm just thinking about what can i say to him that he's just going to be as soon as he hears this just going to be loving every second and talking <laughs> it up um you know, Brian's the type of guy that he's always looking for the next big thing, and he's always ahead of the curve on on pretty much anything I've seen. You know, he's he's been ahead on a lot of stuff in minor league baseball. He's always trying to find the edge for the next thing. And I mean, I've been really fortunate to be able to work with him for so long, and 
I've learned a lot working with him. Yeah. Um, you know, we've worked together really well over the last eight years and had a lot of success at attendance records in state college and, and set records here and smash, uh, you know, our group record and, and really brought our season tickets back from the dead and things like that. So, um, you know, we've done a lot and, and, you know, he's, he's certainly an interesting guy to work with. I think anybody would say that, you know, you never know what you're going to get on a day to day with Brian. Um, but he's certainly, he's certainly one of the smartest guys in the industry in minor league baseball. And, and, you know, one of the top, you know, VPs by far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I worked with him before he even started, um, his professional career, neither of us really. And, um, now that he's in the role that he is, and I'm like thinking back, like, yeah, he could, he could probably sell ice to a polar bear. Like, you, you know, like he just has that mentality and, um, that capability of building relationships with people. Yeah, he's he's not quite as good as I generally am on a day to day sales wise, but yes. he certainly he certainly gets the job done. I would say, yeah, for sure. So, um, what's in your opinion the best concession item at Coca Cola Park? Man, best concessions item. That's so tough to say. Yeah, um, I don't I don't eat a lot of concessions at the ballpark, obviously because. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm usually flying around like crazy, seeing clients and whatnot. Right. Uh, I mean, you really can't go wrong with like just like the the like candy bacon or like deep fried bacon. Like you really okay. just can't go wrong with that. Like sometimes yeah. after a game, if maybe there's some left over, it's just like nice to like get something like that, and it's so out of the ordinary. Sure. Um, you know, that would probably be my favorite thing that we have if I had to pick one. Okay. All right. Or or just a beer is always good too. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm really looking forward, and I said it. I've said it for a long time, and of course because of COVID nineteen, it's been put on hold. I'm really looking forward to going to a game and drinking some beers since oh. since I got out of baseball now. Dude, I know. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to it too. I was, you know, we're we're lucky to be. I'm lucky to be where I am located wise. You know, there's so many. Yeah teams in pa and in the general area like to shoot everywhere so i was hoping to get to a lot of places i've been wanting to make it up to hartford um i was planning on going to i have some buddies over at trent i was planning to go down there um and you know love to go just pretty much anywhere in my off time my my wife to go catch some games and stuff like that yeah yeah it's i mean we all know how it went so (laughs) yeah exactly well when when everything gets back up and running I still have some connections over at Delmarva if you want to go to a Shorebirds game, if you're going to Ocean City for the weekend or something like that. Let me know, and I can put you in touch with the right person. Yeah, man, it'd be great. I'd be, uh, I'd be happy to frequently uh, hit up Ocean City in the summer, usually about once a year. So. Okay, perfect. So where can the listeners find you on social media, Eric? Uh, they can find me on um, Twitter, Eric Hoffman twenty one. I believe is my handle. It's probably not right, but um, LinkedIn is where I'm most frequent at. So you can just search me on LinkedIn. Um, those are the two main places. And then also too, as you mentioned with Brian, um, Brian and I do host a podcast as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. How, how's that podcast. going? Sold out podcast is going good. We're on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, 
we were kind of overflowed with events at the ballpark okay. the last month or two. Um, we were trying to squeeze in like as many possible events as we could before the weather turned. Sure. So um, I think what you can say is we're going to be starting season two. Um, I don't know if podcasts have seasons, but ours does. So, some so, of them do, yeah. Okay, so season two, hopefully on the way this week. Um, I'm hoping Friday, maybe next week at the latest, so stay tuned. Um, but you can follow us on Twitter as well, Sold Out Podcast, and then search on our LinkedIn page too uh, for updates on that. But we, we try to put out an episode every week with Brian and myself and, and usually a guest or two. So. All right, perfect. Let me know if you if you need a guest or, or anything you know, in the future. Might, Absolutely, dude. Yeah, we'll have yeah. to do the crossover. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, your uh, Twitter handle is ehoffman21. Yep, perfect. All right. So, you have you listened to a couple episodes? I did. I did. I checked out Brian's, obviously. Sure. Um, I listened to, I believe I listened to the episode of Marty. Okay. And also, I checked out Hunter's as well, the last one. Okay, perfect. All great episodes. Um, you know, great guests, clearly. So, yeah, Hunter's was cool. I liked hearing about, you know, obviously they have a very unique. Uh, situation and with yeah. the tourists being a straight tourist destination and i know those guys kill it down there and sure and uh um me and uh, ryan canella we exchange ideas a little bit here and there um but I, yeah i love i love what those guys do so i was interested to tune into that one okay perfect um where can you listen to the sold out podcast sold out podcast is everywhere podcasts are available apple spotify um, you know, wherever else you want to check it out. We do have a YouTube page as well that we post them up on there. Okay. Um, so feel free. But yeah, Spog, uh, Spotify or Apple are probably your number, your number one and two. Okay, perfect. So, so you know how I end each episode. What's the best walk-up or warm-up song you've heard during your time in minor league baseball, and whose was it? Man, um, I mean, I have a few. I'm, a, I'm growing up a big Phillies fan. Um, you know, Ryan Howard, my favorite player growing up. Yeah. Um, he, he would always come out to some cool ones, but when he came out to power from Kanye, you know, I don't think there's a better song that fits a guy when he would just come up and hit 500 foot bombs. So that was cool. (laughs) Um, uh, internally JP Proffer would come out to, um, Mike Jones, um, back then. And so, you know, he was coming off a little bit of a bad stretch and then, you know, they bumped him down in the Phillies uh, prospect order and stuff like that. So he was kind of getting a little revenge. So we always thought that one was a little bit funny. Okay. What song was that again? Let me ask you a question. Oh, it's um, Back back Then by Mike Jones. Okay. Yep. Got it. Classic. Classic early 2000s hip hop. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> um, Love it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. So we finish our podcast every week by asking our, our guests, what their plant situation is. So Brian and I are big plant guys. Um, we have all kinds of plants. I'm more of a tropical plant variety guy. <laughs> he has a huge garden. And I'm like I said, I'm in my basement right now. I have two huge plants here to my left that have like big grow lights because we've hit the uh, cold weather here in PA, so they had to move inside. Okay. So do you have any plants in your apartment or your house? And, and if so, why not? Or if you don't, then um, why not? We do have some plants. Um, and they're all my fiance's doing. I, I could care less, honestly. Um, but I think we have a pepper plant over there. 
Okay. Um, what else do we got here? Um, yeah, there's some <laughs> other, there's some other plants, but you know we got a nice nice wreath on the door with some plants. There you um, go. But yeah, not too many plants, but you know very low maintenance because um, uh, neither of us are going to water them, quite honestly. So. But, uh, you gotta take care of them, man. Yeah. They, they help circulate that air for you, especially during COVID. You're stuck inside. That's true. That's true. Yeah, not a whole lot of plants. We do have a couple, um, and they are definitely my fiance and her mom's doing for sure. Good. That's good. <laughs> well, hey, it's not too late to get in the plant game. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, I'll start a new hobby and and be a botanist. <laughs> like I said, it's not too late. Yeah. <laughs> all right man uh so thank you so much eric for coming on to the pouring tart podcast and uh taking the time out of your evening and being flexible with me i got swamped at work you know with the last hour of the day and had to stay late a little bit but uh yeah thank you so much and uh i really appreciate you coming on to the pouring tart podcast eric yeah thank you so much for having me i appreciate it um you know i've had a long list of pretty solid guest so far so you know i'm lucky to be on that list now and really appreciate you having me yeah no problem thank you so much You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.